here to introduce another episode of the Probably Bad Podcast. It's me, Dean Dad. <laughs> Tabletop Tim here, your one true savior of the podcast. I'd like to thank our new patron, Carly, and our stalwart friends, Hedwig and Carlo. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Probably Bad Podcast, a podcast which is definitely bad. I'm Pencil. I'm Paper. Today's Probably Bad RPG idea is... A great disaster has been unleashed upon the land. Your PCs are the committee formed to find someone to deal with it. As, as someone that does a lot of unnecessary world building, I like the idea of doing this sort of plot just to force my players to explore. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of political satire you could do here. But Surely we're not, not going to... talking about our own government. <laughs> there is a global pandemic and you're the committee formed to deal with it. But, yeah, I think, like... Yeah, I like... I should clarify, this post is not satire about... But yeah, this idea is not COVID satire. It's a post from 2017. It's prescient satire. Um, oh. But yeah, I think like in terms of exploring the world rather than tearing down the government, um, yeah, just you need to. I feel like it's sort of like the plot of Dragon Age, the first Dragon Age, if you have to go to all these various people and like, you know, tell them to help you or ask them to help you. Mm-hmm. Like, if you made it a more political thing, you could make it a genuinely good game. I feel, which I and feel is to take down the government. Yeah, who says that the great disaster unleashed upon the land isn't a terrible head of state? Yeah, uh, you need to just take down Boris Johnson um, and unleash a committee to deal with that. So we're, I think, three minutes in, are already discussing overthrowing the government. I mean, the thing is. Boris Johnson isn't our head of state. The Queen is. I mean, technically. I feel like she'd be a lot easier to take down Rip Prince Philip. <laughs> we are, of course, extremely sad about the death of the nation's favourite reanimated corpse. Um, Definitely not responsible. So this is a very politically uh, started um, session. Look, it's not uh, my fault he deanimated. <laughs> But yes, um, I also like the idea of, yeah, because the PCs are a committee, you've got a very easy way of bringing your party together. It's like, well, mm. someone decided you guys were the ones in charge, so go go deal with that. And that's as much world building as you need. It's like, oh, well, maybe one of you is friends with the president. Yeah, and like it sort of explains like if there's no like you know family bonding, not family bonding. What the fuck word am I trying to think of? Found family. If there's no found family or family bondage, as it's now called, um, yeah. then, then you just need then like you know that can be explained because they all hate each other because they're all like part of the same committee. So you know it all all works out. No one likes each other. Everyone fucks up the mission. Yeah, it's it's perfect. This it's this the may idea. be the perfect campaign idea. Yeah. 
because your characters don't have to like each other or even work together that much because they can go and find different people to deal with it. Yeah. Form subcommittees, which is just democracy for splitting the party. Like, what it is, is that when you um, level up, you then start a new smaller RPG where you're the GM and you're GMing the subcommittee. Uh, and your previous player is the quest-giving NPC. Um, and this, then they set up their own smaller ones. You're describing the D&D pyramid scheme. <laughs> I, I am, and if you um, send some money to probably bad RPG ideas for each new person you get in these, in these smaller RPG campaigns, uh, then we'll all be rich. It's perfect. <laughs> I think okay, so we've got to the point of just straight up trying to scam our um our listeners. I'm gonna to have to check the previous episode titles because I'm pretty sure the pyramid schemes have come up before. I mean they've probably been mentioned. Okay, it's a different pyramid scheme. There are maybe too many. Yeah, episode episode four has an afterlife pyramid scheme. But this is a regular life pyramid scheme where you get the whole world to play D&D and then become rich. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a tough time economically. Um, we are going to have to... We are going to have to... It's not a pyramid to. scheme, it's multi-class marketing. It's, it's not a pyramid scheme, it's a pyramid dungeon. Like, that's why they're all, like, pyramid-shaped. I like it. I I dispute the claim that all dungeons are pyramid shaped. I don't. Um, if you think you've been in a non-pyramid shaped dungeon, you're wrong. I just didn't explore it enough. Yeah. Actually, weirdly, I don't think I've ever been in. I've never been in a game that's had a dungeon that is just like a straight up. Like royal tomb pyramid with booby traps kind of setup, mm. which is completely unrelated to the idea. But since when did we stick to the idea? Yeah, I mean, I think when we started our idea, we tried to like overthrow the government, and then um, I set up a pyramid scheme. So just a normal Sunday. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's what happened there. Yeah, um, but genuinely though, I think. Playing a committee, trying to find someone else to deal with stuff would be quite interesting. Because I think it's going to go one of two ways. It's either going to go like full camel, where you just find the weirdest possible solutions to everything. Mm. Or you're going to just go and deal with it yourself. And then that's a whole adventure. Because I I don't think this is ever going to end up with... And we found a person to deal with it, and that's the end of the game. I feel like I should yeah. explain it's going to go full camel, but I don't yeah, want possibly. to. Um, it's There's a thing about a camel being a horse designed by committee, because it's just so okay. weird that it works. Like Skyrim. I, I am wondering what kind of disaster could happen in like a very straightforward D&D setting. That would would require a committee to deal with it because I I think the way most problems are dealt with is to stab it. 
So, like, this has got to be very sort of resource management, like there's been a drought or mm. something. Which I think is is not a thing that you really do much in D&D games, like land management. Yeah. I think it, it could be quite interesting with with a group of people who are de- genuinely into the concept. Yeah, I think it's one of those ones which you'd have to get a lot of... Management sim. Yeah, a lot of player buy-in um, who wants to do managing droughts, but... Yeah, I just... Like, I I guess, like you said, it would be a lot of player buy-in, but it would... I don't know. I just... The idea of using a system that's designed largely for murder hobos as a management sim in, intrigues me. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, originally when sim... Not when sims? What the fuck am I talking about? Originally when D&D was um, a thing, there was an um, more... There was a resource management bit that was meant to happen at the end. Uh, you meant to go to from exploring dungeons to starting your own dungeons. Oh, yeah, so like, in, in, the, in the 5e DMG, there's things about, like, establishing a keep and having mm. servers and all that stuff but i i feel like it's not it's not the primary goal yeah yeah i think like maybe we need to make it the primary goal i'm not wondering what rpg system would be the best for a management sim roll for shoes i mean actually possibly yeah like, it, I mean, it's good for distributing shoes, if nothing else. Have you considered drama system? Uh, no. Mostly in the sense that I don't really know very much about it. So feel free to go on a monologue. <laughs> well, it's, it's just, you know, you, you take turns sort of being in charge of a scene. And I, I, I feel like that's kind of, it's already kind of RPG by committee, because... You all just have a vague idea of like, this is my character's goal. I like these characters. I don't like these other characters. And you just kind of, it sounds really bad. I enjoy drama system, but you do just kind of try and make make it end how you want it to end over how other people want it to end. Mm. And I feel like that could be quite interesting for something like, you're all members of the cabinet. <laughs> Plus it's got drama right in the name, so you know it's it's ready for great disasters being unleashed upon the land. Yeah. I feel like it's hard to have a non-dramatic disaster. Everyone's dying, but it's it's mostly chill, don't worry. I mean, there are things that can be a disaster to one person. Like, what like if the great disaster life. is, like, the king's new haircut? The disaster to him, and he's going to make it everyone's problem. I like. Firstly, I just like the forming a committee to deal with the king's new haircut. Well, you know, you've got to figure out how to punish the hairdresser. How to find a, You've got to find a new hairdresser. You've got to fix the king's hair. I want my first, like, um. Buh, 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 buh. Like, when you know when you pitch. You know when you pitch an RPG to your players, I want the pitch to just be me slams down paper, just punish the hairdresser. 
Sorry? Why are you slamming me down? <laughs> when I pitch a new RPG, the first thing I do is I rugby tackle paper and yell, punish the hairdresser. Um, why I have bad joints. <laughs> if I have bad joints, so shall everyone else. Why we don't live together anymore. It's a lot, it's a lot harder when, when she has to come across the Pennines to do it. Sadly, my own bad joints stop me like. Anyway, what the fuck am I talking about? I don't even know. <laughs> do you want to do a question? Yes, I think we sort of reached the point at which... Um, it's all gone a bit to shit. But for once, we did not end up with an idea that paper is going to implement immediately. <laughs> okay, uh, this is from Blatella. What are all the rules of being a fantasy dad? Okay, I... I believe this question was because we've been playing Baldur's Gate on Twitch. Um, Twitch.tv slash the bakery. That's bakery with an L because that's my surname. Um, and the the father of the player character is basically like, uh, we, we're going to go on a big trip and when we get back, I'm going to tell you some things. And and then he doesn't get back. So I think I think rule one of being a fantasy dad is don't delay exposition. Like if there's something you want to tell your kids, just tell them. You could be killed at any moment. Yeah. I think the second rule is try and avoid turning evil, and it will be very difficult. Um, you will very likely turn evil. Yes, but especially like if you're if you're a single dad, like just the the loss of of your spouse is going to be a problem. Yeah, like I think so. You need to find an ogre who will look after your kids because you're going to die or betray them. Um, mm-hmm. And ogres are quite big, so they can defend your children. That makes like, sense. Something is going to come killed in 30 seconds. Um, possibly you. Find an ogre that you can't take in So, So that's rule three, is ogre babysitter. Yeah, I think, honestly, just don't, just don't be a fantasy dad. Just if, if there's a child, just, just leave. Um, which makes you a shitty person, but... It does. Uh, no, I no. Yeah, they will then find you like twenty years down, and you'll have to come with some bullshit story about like a prophecy or something. Yeah. So I think rule four is don't abandon your kid. Okay. We yeah. Um, rule three: have someone else raise them. Rule four: but stick around. What you ideally need is for the ogre to be like their actual dad, and you're just in a cupboard, and every so often you open it up and go, "I'm proud of you, son." And then you close it again, and that's what happens. Rule five, don't have a vizier. Yeah, I think that's just generally good fantasy. It's a specific title. Just don't don't use it. Hmm. Chancellor is also generally a bad idea. Um, mm. Yeah, I think just don't delegate. 
Yeah, I think that's a good a good basic mm. one for that rule. Yeah. Um, check your baby for prophecies early. Because there's going to be a prophecy on your baby or be half demon or they're going to be like cursed by the fair folk or something. And it's important to get all of that in writing so you know what to it. Because mm. it's fair because, you know, you don't want to like find out halfway like into their into their teens that they're cursed to kill their dad, which they probably are. Um, yeah, and I think rule seven is maybe train them up yourself. Yeah. Rather than yeah. them having no skills until you die or disappear. Yeah, maybe like, prepare them for the world in a way that isn't just on your deathbed telling them they're the man of the house, which is yeah, a whole other problematic thing I'm not going <laughs> to get into. Yeah, rule rule eight is to not succumb to patriarchal stereotypes. Um, but yeah, basically the important thing is you're going to fucking die within like a few years, and it's important to tell them all the information and skills that they need. And don't do it in the form of like cryptic prophecies, like the path to your future lies under the lion's eye. Do it in the sense of I've buried some important treasure under that statue of a lion, and dig it up. When looking maybe write it down as well yeah like share it with share it with your wife who rarely has any role in these stories well she's uh, normally dead that doesn't stop it in a fantasy world bring her back resurrection magic is like <laughs> teacher child speak with dead yeah like you know stop whining about it there's ghosts there's speak with dead there's resurrection magic just just, just go sort it out go sort out your life See, Pencil, I think you may have broken one of the rules there because you're saying become a necromancer, which I think is a violation. No, you're of... good, Nick. Okay, what oh, I've done here... What I've done here is created a villain backstory for for the dad. Um, it's really hard to avoid succumbing to evil. Fantasy. Like, I mean, I'm just also pretty... just in life. Yeah, I, I I wish I was a necromancer IRL. Um, so that answered nothing, and yeah, basically. <laughs> but it did give me a much idea. Yeah, don't be evil. Uh, tell your children everything. Uh, hire an ogre and play basketball. Yeah. So we just have one other question. Um. Is any recs for books to base campaigns on that my players won't have read? I, I feel like this is probably a DM who's based something on something their players have read before, isn't it? Yeah. Um, the entire Oxford English Dictionary. That's that's no good if, if you're running a game I'm in. I, I did read the whole dictionary when I was like eight. The entire... I'm like this. The entire Oxford English Dictionary, but you hang up a sign preventing paper from entering. On what about the entire Oxford English Thesaurus? <laughs> the entire Oxford. <laughs> Just read every sign in Oxford and base, base your game on, I guess, the layout of the city? Like, I feel there's probably a legitimate good game there and if like you know you're in a city with like a lot of like you know forgotten history and stuff you could pull out i I guess so i guess i am running a monster of the week game 
that is set in York because York has so much like spooky history in it. Mm. But also, that's not the question we were asked. Um, <laughs> yes, I think you did have a book idea. Yeah, because I've just finished reading Horror Store, <laughs> which is genuinely terrifying. Like, read Horror Store. Um, but I think just the... I, I need to be careful with spoilers because Nick is in the room and is going to read it. It um, is a very good book. Yeah, but it's just because it starts off in this very mundane place and then shit gets wild very gradually and in ways that like you kind of think you know where it's going and then it isn't. And I, I think that will probably be quite a good thing to base a campaign on. Yeah. Like, it's got, spooky Ikea. Yeah, it's got that sort of um what's it got? Like, yeah, it's got that sort of thing of like where you can predict the vague plot but not like anyway, uh if you did write Horror Store, uh please please give us money. Um I think we are just now advertising your book. <laughs> um Yeah, in terms of books my mind just went to like one of the weird um parts of the bible that no one reads like you got revelation and you got exodus genesis um just acts yeah just one of the weird little ones that no one no one cares about what's the book with it's like half just genealogy i think i don't know but that one Or basically uh, the Odyssey, but specifically the chapter that's just a list of boats. Dante's Paradise, or Paradiso, I believe is the actual word. Um, like it's like the Hell one, except instead of all exciting fire things, you're just sitting around learning about virtue. I think the problem is that we don't know what kind of books your players read. Yeah, so what you need to do is um, go up to your players, like before the campaign. Hey, are there any books you've always wished you read but you haven't got round to? And you're like, oh, okay, uh, I, I wish I'd read I House of Leaves. And then you immediately go, find all of the books on the list, read them all before they do, and then make the plot about them. See, I have two problems with this. Mm-mm. Problem one is there's a good chance that you're going to remind them, like, oh, yeah, I've been meaning to read that, and they're going to go away and read it. Yeah. And two, a lot of books you've been meaning to read but never got around to are shit like James Joyce's Odyssey or like a Bronte novel. That okay. I think would both be very dull campaigns. Okay. So we can resolve the first problem by, after you say it, breaking into your player's house and stealing their copy of the books. Um, in terms of the second problem, just add um, sexy sword fighters. I mean, so, some of these books do already have sexy sword fighters. There's sexy jewels. Make them sexier. Um, that that's my general gem, That's my general gem advice. Um, I have to say, I don't think you've been following your own advice. No. Um. I, I never follow my advice and 
resent the accusation. Um, what if you go, yeah, you go to your players' houses, just like pop in for a cup of coffee or something, and while you're there, just take candid photos of their bookshelves. Because then you know what books they have read and mean to read. And just avoid all of those. Yeah. And if and if your players ask what you're doing, you're like, oh, you know, I would st- I, sometimes I forget what bookshelves look like when I'm describing them in game. <laughs> so I need some reference images. I, I, I kind of love sometimes I forget what cases look like as an excuse for totally unrelated things. Like, why are you eating my lunch? Oh, sometimes I forget what cases. And it sounds like a spy um, code, but no, you're just you're just weird. I think in that situation, I'd assume you were having a stroke. <laughs> Which, to be fair, will also probably make you less worried about the fact that you lunch, so it works either way. That's true, it's a, it's a distraction. <laughs> in the event your players get <laughs> suspicious, keel over the dead. <laughs> um, I think I mean, now we've reached. Yeah, I think now we've reached GM advice. Literally, just die. <laughs> um, I'm not sure we could do much worse. Um, but yeah, but for the actual question, um, you could always do what I do, which is just read a lot of very terrible pulp horror books and pick out your favorite bits and use them. Use use them for encounters. Mills and boons. I I feel like we're we're circling back to just make the campaign sexy. You make the campaign. Mills and Boone with Arthur Herzog's The Swarm and just romance a sentient cloud of killer bees. I'll never see it coming. If you put a cloud of killer bees in your game, the players will try and romance it anyway. So you might as well plan for it. The question is, is there a Swarmkeeper Ranger somewhere within that cloud of killer bees? Or is it is it just the, the hive mind that they're Hell in? Hell yeah, with? they're in that cloud of killer bees. You get to be in a polycule with this one ranger and their thousands of bees. It's it's perfect. I I think we need to end the podcast there because I don't think we're gonna get any better than that. Just morally, I think we need to end the podcast here lest we say more things. <laughs> okay, yes. Um the things we say at the end. Um, if if you have a question, or if you are the writer of Horror Store and want to thank us for our gleaming review, which it definitely good. made sense, um, <laughs> you can email probably by podcast at gmail dot com. Um, if you want to join our Discord where we play some of the terrible ideas. Or get access to homebrew and bonus episodes. Right now we are playing Feast of Legends again, but this time we're taking down Queen Wendy. Um, you can go to patreon.com slash probably bad RPG ideas. Um and while I don't think it will be difficult if 
you've just listened to this episode remember, <laughs> remember to, have to have a terribly have a bad, bad day, bad day. <laughs>